All right. Okay. 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 Yeah, you can't start a Rich Tunes conversation unless we're doing the uh, podcast. All right. Okay, go now if you want. No, you were talking about the way uh, the panels, uh, the way we are being viewed on Facebook. And I said the way we we are being viewed, um, uh, that um, reminds me or um, is an opportunity to um, say that the second edition of Rich Tunes AI, Humble and Fred, is out. (laughs) Well, there's. why don't we do this? Why don't we start the show? Uh, We're now recording. Hang on a second there. I've got it already. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start the show in a few minutes, then feature that, because I've got that. That'll take up some time. You know, we've got to fill some content. And I've already put a link to it. It's actually already up on our Facebook page. Love it. I was, trying to, be, I was, trying, to be, I was trying to be proactive there, lover boy. Loving every minute of it. <laughs> you know, there's some 80s music like that. I just, or was it 80s or 90s music that just sounds so dated? That's true. And that's one of, that that's one one of, of those songs. Working for the weekend. Oh. Everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But the biggest crime is we built this city. But we've, we've hashed that. Yeah, but that's not a Loverboy like, song. No, I know, but I'm just saying it's just one of those songs I hear it. It's like, oh, okay. Please. Well, you know what? Where's the knob? Where's the knob? I'll tell you where the knob is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the. Don't the, have to go far. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the knob is the guy that said the biggest crime is we built this city. Howard, Howard? crime of the century. How do yeah. you like that right. music reference? Crime right. of the century. All right, super. super tramp, all right, super yeah. tramp. All right, Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a deck in the Corthus across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who can take a beautiful, sunshiny day with all of its positive energy and contemplate the chilly winter ahead. It's Humble and Fred. And we should mention that Dan Duran is actually broadcasting from outside his hobo trailer at the Corthas. Beautiful uh, lake view if you want to check out our Facebook page if you're up and about this morning. And uh, Dan's got his uh, reporter equipment with him, so he sounds a little bit more remote. He does not have his announcer, his studio announcer microphone. Yeah. Sounds a bit like a musky bit his balls off when he was in the water, but mm. that's not that's not the case. That's a meal for a whole family of muskies. <laughs> musky family be like, hey, get everybody, get the family over here. That's interesting because we spend so much time talking about Dan's clank. Very rarely do we talk about his ball. Interesting, 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 interesting. Interesting, interesting. You know what? You're right. We really should spend maybe the next 10 to 20 minutes talking about Dan's giant ball sack. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, Howard, I did tell you the story. It goes back many years, maybe. Uh-huh. story. Plus. Yeah. He sat and he was walking around in these shorts and sat down and his sack hang out, hung out the one side of his shorts. Mm-hmm. So the day uh, that uh, Juliet was coming to the trailer, this is a true story. He had these, he put on these fancy little shorts or something. And I said, hey, do you have underwear on? Because when Juliet's here, we don't want your sack hanging out of your shorts. <laughs> Did I not, Dan? 
Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, I did. Because that would be too much for the woman. Oh, no, exactly. Well, And, and Juliet being Mexican, she might think it was a piñata. And start hacking at it. Boom! Howard, is that Dandoran's piñatas hanging out of his shorts? We have nothing like that in Mexico. Oh, we do, but they're normally on donkeys. It's a beautiful day at the lake here, you know. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. off the water. You know, you're such a... We're not talking shit. We're talking (laughs) cock. You know, Dan, um... (laughs) That's right. Cock and shit. (laughs) Buns and meat. Anyway... You know, Dan, All right. you're what? such a better guy than Fred or I, because if we had your equipment, it was it would be all we talk about all day long. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, well yeah. to, and, and people, let's, obviously that makes the world go around. Right? Well, yes, it yeah. does. And you know what? To, now we can segue into Rich Tunes, who has put up another AI humble and Fred expanding it. It looks a little bit different. He's made some tweaks to it. And he has basically taken this. It's, this is all. This isn't from our show. This is fresh uh, AI generated content. And there's myself. There's Friedrich. There's Dan Daru, and a special guest star Toronto Mike. And Dan, have you seen this yet? No, I haven't. So, well, here's what I'll do. Let's watch along together. I'll share my screen so right. we can I've watch along. To- Say again. I've seen the first one. Well, I thought the first one. Fred was the most, the character, the AI character of Fred. And I want to hear what you have to say. I thought it looked the most like you. Why are you making that face? No, because I, are you, are you, <laughs> no, it's just because I thought you were, were pretty accurate too. The first yeah. one or the yeah. second one? This, I think the second one is more accurate. The first okay. one, I just like, looked like a random, like every Jew in the world. Well. But but listen, to be fair, Dan didn't look like Dan at all in in the first one I found. Well, I, yeah, I'm not about to sit here and criticize the artwork, to be honest. Well, but it's not Rich didn't do it. AI did it. It's not no, Rich. I know. Well, we're not being critical. I'm just making a comment. All right. Fuck her. <laughs> okay. So Dan looked exactly like him. I didn't I look didn't at say that. Yeah. So but I think in this particular one they've gotten mm-hmm. the AI has gotten uh you even more look like yourself. Dan okay. again, you know, sort of better than it was before and I think uh this one is uh more representative. So let me see. And you can see with Toronto Mike. You can see this Dan? Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Oh. And and it's in a uh, different setting. Here we go. All right, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, we're now recording. This is AI Humble and Fred, the most uploaded virtual podcast in Canada. And uh, we are declaring we're with the Prime Minister and Team Barbie. Far be it from us to miss out on a billion dollar trend. So we've gone to great virtual expense and redesigned our base of operations here in Etobicoke. Actually, I feel like I'm broadcasting from inside a big Pepto-Bismol pill. How about you, Fred? Has the pink wave reached you up there at the trailer park? Well, actually, Howie, we traded the trailer life in this weekend for the Barbie dream cottage you see behind me. Delise couldn't be happier. So these are AI-generated voices as well. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and I think the and I think my AI-generated voice is pretty close. Yours is uh, a little deeper, but uh, the face, this, the AI-generated Fred in this looks way better. 
here, but <laughs> I'll be damned if I can find one toilet in this place. I guess Barbie never had to take a dump. Yeah. Hey, Dan. This sounds like a job for your big hammer and handyman skills. Do you think you can help install a porcelain throne for King Freddy P? Well, gentlemen, under normal circumstances, I would love to move into Fred's home for months. While I slowly make non-professional renovations and help myself to his food and internet, but as you can see, I'm in the middle of production on my new show. Dan it yourself. Do you know how many offspring there are from the Beachcombers cast alone? Once I get done squatting or fixing up all their homes, I'll work my way through the Degrassi kids. That's not exactly ideal for me, Dan. I guess I'm going to have to keep going in the woods to make a grumpy. And who exactly is producing this show of yours, Dan? Anyone we know? That would be me, Howard. Turns out, between recording my six-hour podcast and riding my bike more than Lance Armstrong when he had two balls, I had a spare hour a day to shoot Dan measuring his wood and also doing renovations. Well, Dan, I hope you still find the time to drop by and to give us your nonsensical news stories of the day. How else am I going to learn about bears getting loose on passenger planes? Oh, look at the time, guys. I got to go hit the links, so I'm going to say bye, Freddie. Bye, Howie. Bye, Danny. Bye, Howie. Bye, Mikey. Bye, Howie. Bye, everybody. Well, wasn't that something? <laughs> you two look a lot. You can certainly see the, the the you and you in both those characters. I think so. And and you and yeah. you look like kind of this character, Bob the Builder. But I love what I love about Rich is that Rich uh, tunes. And I, by the way, I also not only did I post it on Facebook, but I put a link below to his website as per his request. He. Um, what I love about it is the uh, the, the attention to detail, the, the uh, Dan it yourself, the uh, the bit about uh, uh, Toronto Mike six hour podcasts. You <laughs> take you taking a shit in the woods. Mm. I really do have a big, a big fat head. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the way I AI is looking at me. Well, the guy with the big fat head. Wow. Hmm. Oh well. I can't do anything about it. That's my takeaway. Yeah, you do have a big fan, man. Uh, but look at this. Look at the... Uh, let me see. How do I get to Rich Tunes here? Because the first one, like this one. Okay. See, I thought that AI version of me was pretty good. Like, it got it got a lot of the detail. But look at this. You're telling me that's what you think I look like? <laughs> Come yeah. on. I oh, think yeah. that's it. I think that's you. <laughs> I do. I look like Woody Allen. <laughs> like AI went, well, AI just sort of searched the, the, uh, the database for Jew face. Hey, Jew face. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he does a great job. And, uh, hey, Jew. <laughs> AI searching for Jew face. Um, much like when Rich first uh, entered our lives and started doing these cartoons of us animations of our show what he what he did this is years ago he would just take audio from the program and then animate it but this is different now very different yeah it's something else isn't it dan what, now, are your what th- would he the, the script there that was all ai not, generated right so he would have just given it some uh, talking points some right? suggestions yes yeah. That's why we here's what we should do. I, I'm going to ask Dan a, a question and saying we should get rich on because I'd yes. love to know the process of how it was created. And from an animator's point of view, because, you know, I was going to say, mm-hmm. Dan, like, think about, you know, the painstaking process of animation still to this day. And, and I know it's computer aided and stuff, but imagine this stuff now and how different 
all that Pixar stuff's going to be with AI. And uh, now, what are your thoughts on AI in general, Daniel? It's a tool, and there's uh, just as much downside to the whole thing. I mean, you know, the, the people, it's especially in the arts, that it's going to because of that, because of the ease of use, is going to. Well, I mean, that's why the, the uh, SAG actors are on strike right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, and the uh, the writers uh, have a lot has a lot to do with that. And uh, believe me, the the uh, Canadian Acting Union and Performers Union is 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 you know very concerned about all this. Here has committees to try and figure what to, what to do. It's like. You you just wonder. There's so many aspects to this. You just have no idea where it's actually going to go. But you can just imagine a dystopian future without too much trouble. Yeah, of course. So it's here. We got to figure out how to how to make it work in our society. Is there an upside to any of this? I mean, not from a creative standpoint, not from a movie thing. But I mean, I there's, there's I don't like I don't know enough about it. I just would be interested to know what like what are the uses of it that go beyond being able to animate, you know, a podcast. There's a, there's a, yeah, well, there's a lot in, uh, you know, uh, medical di- diagnosing that they're talking about, you know, looking for cancer and that kind of thing mm. that it may be quite useful in that field. But it's uh, it's like anything else, Howard. It's uh, The Internet's wonderful. Social media should be wonderful. But then people get involved and the evildoers, you know, want to bring it down. And same with AI. There's probably all sorts of wonderful applications but then the evildoers will, you know, use it for uh, sinister reasons. And like, I, yeah. I'm sorry, who's going to do that? The evildoers? Evildoers. Okay. Well, the evildoers, look what they've done to social media. I mean, again, you know, a great tool, which it can be in, in ideally, and then really what it's become. It's sad. But you talk about eliminate, and we talked about this before. Again, this is just sort of another attack on the middle class, right? Because the, you know, the powers that be will make the decision to use AI to eliminate those below them. Um, you know, so many jobs are at stake here. Just we can't even imagine yeah. the jobs that this could affect. I mean, seriously. So who knows five, ten years from now where we're going to be at with it? Well, we've had these conversations, Dan and I, about how, you know, has, has no one seen the Terminator? Do we not? <laughs> Do we? <laughs> Are they not aware of the Terminator, how that ended up? That was all AI. As far as people with uh, evildoers, but, you know, the thing about social media is that there are certain people in the world that are just not very nice people, and they have have ill intent. But then what happened was social media allowed people who who weren't evildoers but have a little bit of kind of like give rise to people's um, worst instincts. Do you know, yeah. like like even people that you wouldn't think were evildoers um because of the anonymity of it all because of the being able to hide behind a keyboard and just strike out and be well that's where the you know the idea of trolling somebody came from because before right uh you had to write a letter to the editor of a newspaper and attach your name and address to it mm-hmm. so yeah i'm sure there are people that have always had ill intent but part of the problem with uh, the way things move in our society is that people who wouldn't normally have ill intent can see an opening for their. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I know exactly what you're saying. And uh, it just describes the overall problem. Yeah. You know, you and I experienced probably, you know, it was, it, it, 
the worst trolling we've ever had, that word didn't even exist when this happened, was so early on in the internet accessibility. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, Dan, you weren't even working with us at the time it happened, but I think you were still, you know, obviously you were still friends with us, but we had for a couple years on this message board the most horrible shit said about us anonymously. And well, at least from my experience, that's the worst I've ever experienced of something what we would now call trolling. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it was the Southern Ontario, Western New York uh, message board, which over the years has really been reeled in. And, you know, you had to register now and, you know, they got to know who you are, which is fine. But uh, it was just a free for all in the early days. And what hurt, especially because it was all new. Like over the years, I had, you know, I would go to work and then open a, a letter that was on my desk and it might be a criticism as getting back to what you said, Howard, almost like a letter to the editor. I might say something in a sportscast and a guy actually writes me a letter and take a shot at me. But then when this was open, this was public viewing. When we knew that on this board, all those horrible things being said about us, anyone could access us, <laughs> access yeah. it and read it. It uh, it was it was a lot to digest at the time because oh, it was yeah. all so new. It was all so new. And and some of the stuff said about us, Dan, was really. Yeah, I, I you know I can't even remember, but it was just pretty. Well, two things. It was pretty graphic and pretty hurtful, but it was also so new. I guess the third thing is we we also felt it was somebody in our universe. Oh, and yeah. Somebody we worked with because it all happened when uh, we were a little standalone radio station, CFNY, The Edge, out there in Brampton. We moved downtown, and then our company bought another company. And the people from that company, we all started working together, uh, AM640, Q107, and The Edge. And then all of a sudden, this stuff started popping up. Mm. Well, it was part of the, yeah, it was part of that. In fact, I had more than one person give me the same name of that person and it surprised me and could never prove it and continued a relationship with that person did not maybe surprise me at the time because yeah. a lot of noses were out of joint at 640 because uh, there was several people that just thought that was their radio station and you and I were taking it over or something whatever oh yeah but it was uh yeah, the worst thing I remember about me specifically that we did a uh and there were several things about you and there were several things about us, but uh we had a contest. It was a father and son contest to go to Florida to see the Leafs and see the Raptors in a football game and I think half a dozen guys got to you know, enter the contest and you take your dad on this trip. So part of it, I took my dad. And I remember on the board one day it said nothing. What could be worse than going to Florida yeah. for a week with Fred Patterson, going with Fred and his dad? Nice. Eh? Like, what? Like, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And again, it was in such the early stages that. Was any, it, of that, was that any of that stuff liable or was it just all opinion that? They were walking the line really close. Like, could you could you have sued? Them? No, it was just all. It was, you know, well, and there was no names attached to it, Dan. No, 
No. Oh yeah. And, it was and, all. And, yeah, it was. It was just like gossip, like and, paper, like when you're going through the checkout at the grocery store, that kind of shit. You and, know what I mean? You know, and, and, excuse me. And that was uh, that was one comment about you and your father. But there were so many, and, and it was quite a volume of stuff, Dan, uh, calling us. You know, and and mm. commenting on the shows as we were doing them. Dumble and Fred. Uh, Dumble and Ferd was what it was. Was it Dumble and Ferd? Yeah. Anyway, my point about it all is this. In the early stages, this is like 2001, 2003, when we started doing the morning show at Mojo. To the point where uh, we were trying to look at IP addresses and see who it was. Because, like I said, up till that point, that technology really didn't exist. And the weird thing, as I said at the start of this... In all the years since, having had Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and Instagram, never experienced anything even remotely like that. But I guess over the years, too, you became a bit numb to it. You know, if there was criticism, it just didn't have the impact because it was just became mainstream for everybody. You know, even people not in the public eye. No, I understood. Read threads like with people, and again, that's why I got off of it. And the problem with you and I, we had so many thousand followers, or whatever you call it, on Facebook. It was just like anybody could just jump in and say what they want whenever, and it got to the point where okay, enough of this. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, yes, of course, we've all gotten used to it, but mm-hmm. I remember some of the things besides you and the road trip with you and your father. Mm-hmm. There was some stuff said about us that was just fucking oh, yeah. vile. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, and of course, Dan, the, the point is, part of the point is it made it even more upsetting because we both suspected and kind of had a feeling for who it was. And, um, you know, it was a bit of a drag. Um, I'm going to try it. I just got a note from Rich, and uh, yeah. he's, he, he can pop on here. I'm just... Uh, where would I find... You know, I, I, without shutting down the, uh, the Zoom... Let me see how I can find my link, cowards. Well, I could send it to him. Can you send it to Rich? Mm-hmm. Do you have it? Of course you yeah. do. Yeah, just send it to him. And then... Because uh, I'd be fascinated. Uh, and we don't have anyone else on today except for our boy Dan, who is going to come back and do the news. Dad will do the news. I'll Dad do the you. news. I better go find some news. Dad, yeah. Nothing's really happening in the world these days, so it's always a tough get. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your time and uh, for your uh, participation. Okay. And... Um, Just uh, give me a couple of minutes here, and I should be fine. Okay. Uh, Dan Duran? Yeah. We will uh, check in with you in about a half an hour's time. Okay. See you then. All right, buddy. Now, once you get finished doing that, uh, we'll talk a little bit about our fine folks that help us each and every day. Like Stretch Lab. I uh, I haven't been there in a couple weeks, and I really do, you know, feel like I'm missing something. It's weird. 
Because if you've uh, never um, done a stretch before, I know I've been talking about this. It's assisted stretching. I'm going to tell you to go to stretchlabtoronto.com. And of course, the benefits of stretching. Well, I love the fact that you can reduce muscle and joint pain. You know, you get to our age, and uh, whatever activity you do, there's going to be a cost benefit. And of course, the uh, cost is, you know, sometimes you get a little uh, stiff, and what Stretch Lab can do is increase your range of motion and flexibility, improve your sports performance. Also, also, Friedrich, reduce stress, improve posture, and so much more. For $59, you get a 50-minute stretch, 50 minute stretch, an introductory stretch, which will include your assessment and find out where you need to be, you know, concentrated on. Stretch Lab Toronto. StretchLab.com. Hey, let's talk about Arcadec, a full-service turnkey building partner with their clients. That means they help create the design right down to an exacting level of detail. And then they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications. Very important. Hey, it's your backyard. It's got to be done your way. It's got to be done right, eh? This makes it simpler for clients. They source the materials. They make sure it meets building code requirements. They prepare the construction plans, apply for permits. And uh, they manage the job site. Working with Architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right. Give them a call, 647-775-9222, or go to architect.com. We had talked a little bit on uh, Thursday on the email show uh, about the death of... Robbie Robertson, and, uh, you know, we both, uh, not the biggest band fans, and we mentioned, too, that we both love that uh, album with uh, Somewhere Down the Crazy River. Self-titled, Robbie Robertson. Yeah, and, you know, I played a lot of these songs as a DJ in the 70s up on Cripple Creek. Uh, That song we're playing now is The Weight, and... um, I did mention that that's there's a version of that song from The Last Waltz, which is that sort of famous 70s documentary. Um, very interesting at the time. A lot of if you if you're curious, you younger people, it really was something else. And Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and all these people got together to celebrate what was to be the end of the band. Of course, they went on in different incarnations. But there's a version of that song. I think I was mentioning with the Staple Sisters. Mm, right. That really is something. Uh, speaking of documentaries and dead people, um, I watched the Sinead O'Connor documentary. Oh, yeah. Very troubling. You know, yeah. a life. Again, you know, we get into the church thing. That's something else. But, and again, I'll leave that at that. Um, Another death over the weekend, Howard, we should mention an old colleague of ours has passed away. Yeah, Hal Harbour. Hal Harbour at age uh, 71, a young man, you know, and I know he listened to this podcast. From time to time, we get, uh, we get a note from him. And I know Toronto Mike did an interview with him. Um, sad, good guy. Remember Hal, it's just funny. 71, I'm doing the math the other day, and I guess worked with him 30, 35 years ago. I guess he was there when you came, right? You know, he was somebody in a, in a group of people that I didn't really get to know very well because right. 
you know, for various reasons. He was at different times of the day, and he wasn't there yeah. that long. But no. he was a very, very nice man. And I did, you know, the odd time over the years I'd heard from him, and then I'd see him on Facebook. And mm-hmm. Doug Barron was his actual name, but Hal Harper, because he had great ties to Halifax, was his radio name. And, you know, Robbie Robertson, he joined the All-Star Dead Band, and we could go over uh, who's part of that band. It's pretty impressive. And then I got to thinking about the All-Star CFNY crew. Yes. Uh, is You know, pretty much got a, a full day there now. Peter Griffin could be the morning guy. James Scott, he did afternoons. He's passed away. Hal Harbour. Don Burns. Don Burns. Martin Street. Yeah. I mean, and if you want to get way out there i mean you know our peculiar little boss there reiner while, uh, yeah, yeah reiner schwartz <laughs> right. and i mean i could even reach back a little farther there was a guy named nick charles a great guy you never got to know him no but he was a sweet guy he did all nights i mean you got a full you've you've, you've got a full day but you're almost covering weekends here as well <laughs> um i you know i was gonna say about all those guys like hal and mm-hmm. don mm-hmm uh, you know, people don't maybe don't know when you work at a, when you do a morning show, you're not really at the radio station much no. beyond the middle of the morning. Like by the time mm-hmm. 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you're rolling out of there. And there's a whole world of the radio station that we were never involved in. A lot of the yeah. or I wasn't anyway out there. But uh, when I was thinking about how, of course, uh, I do the uh, the death math mm-hmm. and you think, OK, 71 which when you're 30 sounds like you're 100, but when you're right. 63, or in your case, what are you, 67? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's not very old. Uh, and I also didn't know about Hal, because I looked it up on uh, the Facebooks, that uh, he was part of the Trailer Park Boys, because there was a nice message from the Trailer yeah. Park Boys about him. He had done, mm-hmm. uh, again, a series I've never seen. But he had done some work on that show, and they were some heartfelt good wishes from them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Did it say suddenly? I, like, I don't know what he passed away from because. Again, and we had actually said, oh, maybe the odd morning we should we should get Hal mm-hmm. on the show. Well, we can't now. No. Well, that we can't. Um, you know, the uh, CFNY All-Star Dead crew um, could also has a newscaster too, Peter Goodwin who was married to Liz Janik, he passed away within the last year, and he was a newscaster for some time on CFNY. So, Howard, one day we will be part of We're that part of list. the dead staff. It'll be hard to get a job. <laughs> That's right. When we go up there, we'll be like, come on, Peter, can we do mornings? Can we do weekend mornings? Um, all right, here's Rich to, uh, Rich Tunes here. Rich, Rich, do-do-do. I'm going to admit Rich here. Rich Murray, who has uh, long been a, a big supporter of ours. I'm trying to remember, Rich, how far back did we go? It was our first encounter with you, the animation, or did you, had we ever got to know you before that? Uh, no, no, the animations were the first thing. Um, I'm thinking they go back uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that make sense? To yeah, we started, started, well, we're about to clock into year 12 in October, so. Right, yeah. So I think it was, yeah, it was probably about at least a year into your podcasting that I found out about you guys. And then uh, probably a few months later, started doing a few cartoons way back. 
the traditional way. Right. And I was going to yeah, say, because those were, those were, I think we've had you on years ago to explain how you did those, but they were very um, labor intensive to do those animations. Yeah, they would, the average one would probably take about 120 hours uh, really? to put together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, because every, everything has to be drawn. So uh, the first one probably took the longest because it was the first time I had to draw you guys. And then uh, I was able to reuse those things. But every time uh, I would draw other characters to put in there and other backgrounds and, you know, just just different things to kind of enhance whatever you guys were saying, um, you know. So I still have uh, a couple of those um episodes up on my website two okay. of them uh, or one of them's the uh, dog on a bike and the other one is dumpster gum <laughs> dumpster uh, gum is my cuz those are just the classics and also right. they're they're probably the least offensive i guess right. at this point yeah. so yeah so lucky uh, we weren't paying you by the hour no by, we, by, well, by, hey, <laughs> lucky we weren't paying him at all <laughs> yeah, you know um uh that dog on a bike that owner of that dog reached out to us last week Actually, I, I, had, oh, that's has right. Has she seen it? Has she no, seen that? No, I don't that? think she has. Probably not, right? Maybe yeah. we should. Well, do you think we should? But anyway, no. That's I, I'll tell you what we should do. Yeah. Is it still up on your uh, on your YouTube page? Uh, yeah, I believe it's. Yeah, it's there, okay. and it's also on. Um, yeah, it's on my YouTube page and it's on my uh, website. Yeah, uh, because it's so. it's not only is it f- a funny animation, but it's a yeah. really funny episode. So, 120 hours what is, is what you were it would it take you, and you would have to draw it all. So, give us some perspective and walk us through how you created or how you helped AI create those little uh, vignettes. Right, right. So, um, so what I do, so yesterday, so the episode that uh, you showed this morning, uh, I worked on that. I did work on it about two and a half hours yesterday. So, uh, obviously, the comparison two and a half hours to mm. 120 hours, yes. uh, I'm not good at math, but there's some sort of uh, <laughs> a very vast ratio there. Um, so, uh, so what I, I, I do start out, actually, I, I, I know you guys were discussing earlier about me possibly chat GPTing the script. I actually write the script. Oh, okay, um, you do. Uh, yeah, so I write, I write the script. And then, um, so the first thing I do is uh, I open up a program called MidJourney. Uh, so what that is, it, it's a very popular um, AI imaging uh, a program that exists online. Uh, it's initially free and then you start paying a subscription for it. And what it is, you, you type in word prompts. Um, and then whatever, based on what you're typing, uh, it, you know, and you, you try to be as descriptive as possible, but, but also not going on too long or else the robot starts falling asleep and not translating all that. Um, but also what I, what you can do is import people's, uh, pictures. So I would import, uh, Photos and I, I've got like a bunch of photos of you guys now from uh, Facebook, and I would just keep putting those in till it, it till uh, and and keep prompting it and keep regenerating images until it comes up with images that look the closest to you guys. I can get it to interpret. So uh, and I'll, I'll sometimes keep typing in different things to kind of push it a different way, and obviously. 
for the backgrounds, what I did was just type in that, uh, you know, Barbie's dream recording studio. Right. Uh, and then it gives me a whole bunch of different versions of that. And then I, I pick one and then I might ask it to kind of give me variations on that until there's something that uh, I'm happy with. So I, I just want to um, jump in and say, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. well, Fred thought I was being critical of the animation, but I'm you're not the one who animated it. AI animated it because I R- thought, well, yeah, because I was going to say, I thought that the the Dan Duran's in both of them weren't as close as the Fred's in both of them. And mine were very different. The first one was just like random Jew guy. But the second one, <laughs> the second one looks, I think, a lot more like me. Right. Uh, well, now you've given away what I typed into the prompt. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. Just random Jew. Remember what Rich said here. He has to okay the final product. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And and so, Howard, you well, I, maybe uh, if you want, Howard, I'll, I'll go and look to see if I still have um, a lot of the images uh, that they uh, that Midjourney did for me and i can email those to you because <laughs> yeah you should like they just they just <laughs> like I, they some people they find for some reason that i have one photo of fred that when i put that in it's pretty good almost every time but you do agree that fred's this um anime or whatever you want his his of avatar yeah, yeah. is yeah. is pretty good but yeah even- but but yeah, but there are some pretty funky looking ones of him as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. but he let, let's say I get a, a good one of Fred out of four, whereas I get a usable one of you, Howard, out of uh, 15. OK, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm so more complicated. You, you can't argue with technology <laughs> because or even animation, because in all cases, I have a big fat head. And I guess I just have to deal with that. You can't. argue. <laughs> well, uh, well, based on that one photo, I guess uh, maybe AI thinks you do. It might be the angle. You never know what it is. Right. Mm. Um, but then uh, so so Midjourney doesn't animate it. What it so there, there are a couple of other Mm -hmm. uh uh, programs along the way so then uh so then i have to train there's a different ai program and i train it to sound like you guys so what i do is i i go into your podcasts and i grab the parts where so i i string together about two minutes of each of you just you talking without someone else jumping in or any other sounds or music going on and uh, so that's my training track uh, for, uh, for the AI program. Uh, so I introduced, uh, Toronto Mike to it yesterday. So I had to go into one of his pod, one of his 18 hour podcasts and, <laughs> and just reduce it to two minutes and, uh, and, and pull his stuff out and train. Uh, so you guys, I, I've already trained AI to sound like you. Um, and even then I have to kind of, pull around a couple of sliders and maybe ask it to regenerate the lines a mm. few times until finally, um, you know, we, I get something that it's, you know, you, you can't, you, it can't be perfect. You know, you guys are going to sound a little robotic, a little monotone or a little bit. Uh, it'll string together the words without a, a lot of spaces in between, but I, I try to keep, pushing it sometimes i type in punctuation to kind of help it sort of you know do that a little more and then sorry there's and then there's just a third program um where what it does is it so it i take the voice track that's been generated from you guys reading the lines of the script that i wrote um 
And then I, uh, I grab the image that has been generated from this mid journey program and I put those together. And then what it does is it, it, the AI figures out, you know, where in that picture is the head of a person who, who would be talking. Mm -hmm. And then it generates all the mouth movements and the head movements and stuff like that till we get, we get all the clips and then I just edit them all together. And there you go. So you grab this stuff online, you spend two and a half hours with it, and then you come up with that product. We were talking about earlier how scary this is going forward for a lot of people when it comes to employment, because you think, you know, as programs are developed, I mean, really, you could put together a radio station very easily. One person could now generate half a dozen people to populate a radio station just as an example of where we're going well they're already doing it i mean there's that, oh, that no, I know yeah, there's that I, story about them they're replacing mm-hmm. djs on stations in the states but i was also going to ask chris, uh, chris hey chris i was also going to ask hi. rich hi rich um <laughs> chris, chris tunes uh chris tunes i was going to ask chris tunes i don't know why i got chris about your own job because think about what mm-hmm. you said when mm-hmm. we first met you it yeah. took you 120 hours to do a two-minute clip of our show with the audio already supplied now it took you two and a half hours to create a cartoon basically of us doing a show that you designed now you're writing the script what is that how does that feel for your own because you're an animator you're basically a guy that does animation Yep. Uh, well, one thing I, I want to make clear, first of all, too, is that, uh, I, you know, I, this isn't the kind of product I generate for my clients. I, do, I still do all that 120 hour or more, you know, hand drawn, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sort of stuff uh, for them. But, uh, you know, obviously, you guys have been talking about AI for some time. Uh, I, I remember you guys talking about it uh, when you first started getting trickles of it, like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I have no time. I have no time. (laughs) I have no time in my life. Uh, And I sort of feel feel the same way. But uh, it is an interesting thing. So first of all, I wanted to, um, the first one that I did, I kind of, I did sort of want to make that point. One, I mean, you know, I I did want it to be something that was fun. But two, to kind of show you guys, since you've been talking about AI, to show you like, you know, Mm -hmm. you yourselves could be AI'd Mm. uh, and it, and it's very accessible to be able to do it uh, for just about anybody. Um, You know, so uh, it is scary. It's scary in my industry. Uh, So I first started hearing about AI. It was around about November of last year. And it's already blown up like it's it's super huge. So the, the first thing I heard about was this program mid journey, because what you can do with this program is basically put uh, just about any illustrator out of work because you can um, type in anything you want. So, you know, I want Harry Potter fighting Superman or whatever. And uh, so you and then you can even determine um, the dimensions of that picture, the style of it. Like, do you want it as an oil painting? Do you want it to look like a Picasso painting? Do you want it to look photorealistic? I saw, so w- when you use it, you're on a, what's called a discord page. And it just means it's a, it's a place where, you know, you put in your prompts, but you could also see all the images everyone else is working on. And I saw a guy uh, and he had typed in, um, photorealistic, image of the pope partying it up during mardi gras Mm. i am telling you at least three of the four photos uh or images that uh this ai generated 
if I showed them to you, it would fool you. You would go, that is the Pope parting with these women and wearing all right. these necklaces and sure. stuff like that. And, and, and isn't that part of the danger of it that, you know, we, we were talking about this during the uh, Toronto uh, mayoral election, you know, the danger of artificial intelligence generated images of human beings saying things they didn't say. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, and again, in, in terms of uh, my industry too, like, so right away, Artists, this freaked freaked the whole community out because they started saying, wait a minute. You know, so like, for instance, actually, I think of I thought right away of uh, Dan Duran's son, Colton, because Mm -hmm. he was getting into concept art for video games. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know what he's up to now. Mm -hmm. And I remember when that came out, I'm like, this is this is generating concept art based on whatever you type in. Um, there, there are, yeah, anyway, and, and I noticed on uh, Instagram, you know, I follow a lot of artists. And so a lot of them started, um, putting up, uh, this graphic that said no AI. So it's, it's like the community has sort of been like trying to stand up, uh, against it. Wow. Um, I've always had mixed feelings about it. One, I, you know, it's, it's like we've witnessed different things throughout history. At least I, I'm talking in terms of artists here. So, you know, when when the computer became a thing where you could start making art with the computer, all these people who are doing airbrushing and traditional media illustration were saying, oh, that's cheating. That's cheating. You know, that's shortcuts. It, it's not really artistry. So obviously that mind frame has changed. Uh, I think right now there's this initial burst of AIism uh, in a lot of things. Yeah, it can be dangerous. Uh, I, I don't necessarily, I, I don't personally look at it uh, as it's all bad and I should have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. I kind of think uh, as an animator, as an illustrator, um, I, I don't have to necessarily know everything about it, but I should be a little bit familiar with some of the process because maybe I can use it and also maybe it can help me not be completely irrelevant five (sighs) years from now. Right. You know, this whole no AI thing, I I can see maybe in collective bargaining, like, you know, uh, going on in Hollywood right now, having it written into a contract, but any freelance artist is wide open, exposed to this. And well, how do you stop it? And, and on top of that, um, you can. So if you're if you're using something like Midjourney, you can tar- type in in the style of, and you can name an artist. Right. And Jesus. and and that's part of the controversy that's out there for Midjourney is because it. So what the program does is what what they call scraping. So scraping is it goes out and looks at every single image that's posted on the internet. Even if the artist hasn't given their, well, none of the artists have given their consent for it to be sourcing their images to, you know, and and that's what it plugs into. How do I figure out if someone says I want Harry Potter fighting Superman? Well, let me find all the images of those guys. Even if J.K. Rowling doesn't want you to do that. That 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 term you just used, I I think I brought it up about scraping. Yeah, yeah, scraping. Um, Because there about a month ago, there was a story about Sarah Silverman. And uh, a partner of hers suing uh, a company for scraping their mater- material. 
basically, just as you said you can type in, I want art in the style of Rich Tunes or somebody else, you can put mm-hmm. in a script and say, I want this joke in the style of Larry David, Sarah Silverman. And so, or you want this uh, sitcom in the style of whatever. And that material that it's scraping is some of it is copywritten. A lot of it is going to be copywritten. Because as you just mentioned, whether it's an image or a joke or a style, they're taking material that existed prior and scraping it to make a, an amalgam in an AI-generated content. Uh, well, here's here's something that's so there's a couple of things going on in terms of, again, in, in my world, the artist world um, uh, that are pushing back against this one. A lot of employers like, say, uh, say someone who, who would employ someone like Colton at their video game company. A lot of them are outright saying now, do not try to push ai images on us like if you want to get hired at my mm-hmm. company um because like the, they'll they'll be able to know because then mm-hmm. you know if you get the job and then you're there and then they say okay so draw me that amazing sci-fi mm-hmm. motorcycle yeah, yeah and you know they're like bah, 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 you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um uh so yeah there's there's that pushback um oh, what was the other uh the other thing i was thinking of um Anyway, oh, uh, the other thing is there's a um, there's kind of a an AI mad cow disease kind of effect going on in terms of uh, these images. So I'll explain that. So what that means is um, right now, apparently, uh, since this boom of of AI imaging, there are something like 20 to 25 percent of the images floating around out there on the Internet are AI generated. Now, at this point, so what that what happens then is those images go into the model that are being scraped. So it's like now it's a snake eating its own tail. Like now the A.I. is is bringing A.I. images into itself to kind of figure to calculate into its, you know, imaging for people. So now the images are going to maybe start breaking down or they're not. They're really going to. You know, you, you're going to find, um, I know, a, a lot less, a lot fewer compelling images, uh, you know, based on that happening, you know, like mad cow disease where the cows eventually were eating bits of themselves and getting sick. Right. Well, listen, Rich, uh, I put the um, in, in the original post on Facebook. I just put what you created for us. And then below it, I put your website. If anyone's looking to hire one of this uh, one of this country's uh, one of this world's finest animators, uh, he is available. Uh, and uh, will and not not for parties, but for real. Rich, you look great, man. You're still <laughs> keeping in shape. I can see that. I try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try. Uh, we're letting, we're not aging well, but you, on the other hand, look great. Oh, well, that's okay. I'll have AI uh, keep you young. Thank you. <laughs> um, thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. There's Rich. Uh, I was going. His name is not Chris, by the way. It's rich. Uh, it, it, it can be if you want to hire me. There's Chris Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. And thank you guys so much. I, I really appreciate uh, you guys uh, oh. uh, discussing this, uh, you know, this much and uh, uh, and putting out the links. And uh, anyway, again, it's, well, we appreciate it's just an exercise. you. Oh, likewise, Rich. Thank you. Yeah, very, very. We appreciate the hours you put in and the support you've given us and best to the family. All right, my brother. All right. There Take you go. it easy, Rich. Take it easy. Okay, guys. Bye. Uh, Freddie, in the meantime, before uh, we get to Dan Duran's news in a while, a couple other things, of course, to get to. 
for you really for you movie nerds this is from uh, the terminator uh let's talk about these fine folks uh bodog whether you're a sports better a horse racing fan a poker or a casino player bodog your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book they've been providing canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 Bodog, Major League Baseball, and of course, look what's coming, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Bills played their first preseason game on Saturday. We're not far away from the NFL season, and we all know how much fun it is to wager on the NFL. Use Bodog. Fred, what is moron, and why is it important? What is a moron, did you say? (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. You know, it was funny about 8,000 times ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What is boron? It's used in the manufacture of over 500 products, including fiberglass insulation, the glass on your LCD screen, ceramic glazes, and porcelain enamels, and so much more. If you go to boron1.com, you'll find out about this company that supports us. We'd like you to discover more about Boron One, what they're doing. There's site photos, reports, articles, galleries. And maybe find out why this company might be a great addition to your portfolio. Make sure you ask an expert. Of course, we have one for you, the retirement Sherpa. Before you make any, um, you know, investments. But this really is an interesting story, and that's what it all begins with. The story of Boron1.com. Uh, before we move on, do you want... Uh, I have it in front of me here, if you want a little taste of... Uh, that episode um, from many years ago. Here's a little taste of Dog on a Bike. This is the legendary Humble and Fred Show. Uh, we want to update you on a story. This was a couple yes. months ago. Mm-hmm. Story update time. Uh, this is a person Humble and I know. In fact, we actually went to her wedding. She has this dog. <laughs> they don't have children, and I guess the dog is taking the place of a child. So i scrolling around yesterday, and then I see this. Today, Caesar Augustus von Schnauzer. Oh, von Schnauzer. Tried out his new bike. Yeah. So don't go, don't go too quickly, because they've named the dog Caesar Augustus von Schnauzer. Yes. <laughs> Continue. His new bike. Uh, Left the labels on as we've discovered his feet can't reach the pedals. I might have to think of a creative way to give height to the pedals or actually return the bike. May I ask, is this bike for dogs or did they get a bike and are adapting it to Caesar Augustus? I don't know. I I think think it's a kid's bike. Yeah, that's a Spider-Man style bike. Yeah. Then I go a few hours later, this posting. Mm-hmm. Today, a friend, a friend in uh, quotation marks, quotation mark, told me that bikes are for human kids and not puppies. Be forewarned, people. Giving me advice about my Caesar training, feeding or bonding time is a guaranteed way to get me all mama bear on you. Mm-hmm. So this is a woman who has received some feedback. Anyway, it goes on like this. It's, uh, it, the animation is did not come from just incredible. I'm not tied. Uh, I we're not. I, we, the audio is fine. You know, it's just you and me. But the animation, I'm watching it for the first time. I guess that came out in uh, 2015. Yeah. Um, it's, worth a, it's, it's worth another look. That's a few years ago, obviously. And the yes. person, the subject uh, of that um, 
I guess wasn't aware, didn't listen to the show, but has since latched onto the show. Yes. So if she's listening this morning and we read one of her emails in the last email show, um, I wonder how she's going to um, take to that. Well, you know, Freddie, we can't. Uh, you, know, you know, it's a show. Eh? It's a show. Squad. We're doing a we show. Gave us content. Hey, um, speaking of sports, you, I, I, it's weird. It's a weird thing because I watched that quarterback NFL documentary on Netflix. My, um, my interest, which before was just for the Buffalo Bills, as far as the mm-hmm. NFL goes. I saw during the weekend some ads for the beginning of the season, just like you mentioned, and kind of got a little excited in a weird way, especially because now I know some of the people involved. I've been following Mahomes a little bit more and this dude. Uh, who's the other guy? Oh, the uh, guy from the Vikings. Yeah. Kurt Cousins. Was, uh, what's his head? Yeah, yeah Cousins. Yeah, Cousins. Yeah. Um, but there's a story from last week, and I, I'd written it down again today because I wanted to ask you about it. Mm. They um, Edmonton CFL team mm-hmm. had set a record for the most home losses by a professional sports team since ever, not, ever, ever, ever now. Because at last week of since 1955, have they continued the losses? Well, their last game, I think they had a 20 point lead against Winnipeg and lost. So it went to like 22 or something. Wow. The information I have, it's ever now, which when you in football, that's pretty difficult, too, because that goes over a few seasons, right? Yeah. So it gives you a lot of time to improve. We're a hockey team, a baseball team. You could like have 22 straight home losses in one season because yeah. your team just stinks. <laughs> but remember, uh, you won't you only play like eight home games a year or something. So so that's got a that's into its third season now or something. That's pretty difficult. Yeah, I mean, and what, what's the reaction? I haven't even, because I don't know if Edmonton Steve is a Edmonton Elks. Elks. Is that what it is? Elks now. It's yeah. a bad name. Yeah. They should well, just, they got, you know. They, they, got, should, they got to keep the EE. Yeah, I know. But they should have just called themselves Edmonton CFL team. That would have been a better name. Yeah. Anyway, I wonder if Edmonton Steve is. I wonder what the the vibe like. Uh, the vibe is like in Edmonton about this. Well, that you know, and I don't have to tell you. Back when the CFL really mattered across the country, that was a proud, proud franchise. Huge, like, yeah. Gray Cups, like five in a row at one time, and Warren Moon, and Tom Wilkinson, Tom Wilkinson, yeah, baby. And now, I, I know I saw a game from there. There was nobody in the stands in that huge stadium they have out there. Mm. But why would you go to that? Well, I think now it might be interesting to go just to see if you could be there when they break this string. Yeah, I do. And again, Howard, don't hold me to that. But I oh, think it's well. 22. And I think it is now, like the lo- in professional sports, the longest home Losing streak ever. Okay. Well, I wrote down 1955 mm. because I think okay. prior to this 22nd loss. Okay. A um, couple things uh, from last week, too, I wanted to mention. We're going to read a couple of emails. Uh, but before we do, uh, Bill Brio was on, I think, last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Whenever it was, we were talking about his picks for uh, some shows. And he has now mentioned this show twice to us called How To. By a guy named, uh, or is it, uh, John Wilson. And I gave it a couple episodes, and 
Maybe I'll try again. But it's interesting. It's interesting, but it's not... Uh, like, I can't recommend it. I, it was, I found it a bit too... Like, it's quirky for quirky's sake. I'm, not that it's not well done and all that stuff. But I will say this. The uh, Martin Short, Steve Martin series, which is now, I guess, in its fourth season. Only Murders in the Building. It's fantastic. Is it really? It really is. You know why? Oh, it's Because it's those... Not only is it those two guys, and mm-hmm. Selena Gomez is very cute and, and everything, but they have this series of guest stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny. It's funny. When Bill was talking about it, that part, I just kind of forgot that part. And then I've watched there are like eight episodes a season. I think I whatever. I watched the first full season. It's a good whodunit, which is, you know, always fun. But and Martin Short is just great. But there's like the guest stars are like, you know, Tina Fey, Sting, Amy Schumer, like just randomly show Shirley MacLaine. They just randomly show up. In this building in New York, it's it's pretty cute, and uh, you know, like thirty minute episodes, and uh, it's really well done. And it's created by Steve Martin and his partner, and uh, it's really well done. And you would, I, at some point, I know it's still summer, but at some point you would like it. So, of those recommends, I'd say to most people who heard it, if you're going to give something a chance, give only murders in the building a shot. I really and the it. other thing he talked about telemarketers, apparently that debuted last night. Didn't see it. On uh, Crave? Crave, yes. And on Wednesday, a documentary, um, uh, Depp versus Heard, that whole controversy. Um, Where's that Depp. Where's that go? That's uh, going to be on Netflix. Okay. And, and again, here down. we go again with poop. But, I mean, a big part of that controversy in that battle was you know that did she poop on his bed mm. and and uh at first she denied that she pooped on the bed and then she sort of um blamed it on the dogs and then sort of intimated that yeah it was a joke and then said no she didn't so mm. maybe this documentary will answer the question did she poop on johnny depp's bed that's why i'd watch for that reason mm. Well, yeah, nothing's core. Nothing's more compelling than a hot girl taking a shit in your bed. Well, this is it. All right. Well, listen, speaking of that, let's uh, check in with a couple of emailers. Now, we don't normally do this, but there are a couple of interesting subjects. You go first, then we'll talk about uh, the uh, uh, Zimpec. Got to get to her here. One second. All right. Relax. All right. Here we go. Okay. Eric Tremblay. Yeah, man. Reporting from Sudbury, he says, hi, guys. After that great interview with Grant Moore of SPC Nickel, I jumped in my car and did the 14-hour round trip to check in from Kingston, uh, from Kingston to Sudbury. Yeah. He says, now that's a listener engagement. And there's a picture of him standing by the Nickel and another picture of him going to the actual offices of uh, SPC Nickel and Pointing, and uh, yeah, that, great job, Eric. Although I can't believe that's the exclusively why you went to Yeah, I, I was a little but. suspicious too, Eric, because I know you love us, but uh, there's that's enough. Uh, although I did send that to the client, which I thought was very funny. And he's wearing his Humble and Fred t-shirt, so they're still around. Uh, yeah, looks good. Eric, you know, good guy. You know, he is a good guy. I can't remember uh, having seen that a couple days ago. Does he mention his poops and heart rate or no? 
Uh, no, just uh, Eric Tremblay, president and brand manager, Amherst Island Radio. Yeah, man. CJAI 101.3. Thanks, Eric, as always, uh, above and beyond. Uh, this one is from, yeah, but I also thought the same thing. There's no way he went all the way to Sudbury for us. Let's be serious. Um, hang on a second. I've got to get this. Okay, so uh, this is from uh, Dave Power. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, it's a it's a long email, but the uh, subject is Ozempic, and we've touched on this. I think you brought it up for the first time a while back, and we've been sort of talking back and forth about this drug and drugs like it now. So Dave goes on to say, I would be considered obese about 18 years ago. My thyroid completely quit working almost, and I've been battling my weight ever since. He got up to, uh, you know, pretty heavy, like in the 300s. And, of course, his body started to break down uh, ankles and, and knees and feet. You know, it's a lot of weight to carry around. Anyway, he made an appointment with his GP and was uh, thinking he's got no options and that my prognosis was just to be a fat bastard and live in pain. And at 55, I wasn't expecting that as an I. I wasn't expecting that as an answer. So I'd, been all, I'd seen all the commercials about Ozempec. My doctor presented it as an option. I'm happy to say since starting it in March, March, April, May, June, July. So in five months, I'm down almost 40 pounds and heading in the right direction. Sorry if this got a little long-winded, but I want to, I want to tell you my story. Resting heart rate's 82. BMs are regular, just not as frequent as I'd like. Stay strong, he says. Hope this was good filler content, regular contributor Dave. And I, I, I flagged these two. One was because I wanted to mention that Eric went to Sudbury for us. But this is an interesting subject. Interesting. So what I'm curious about this drug, let's say you and I, like I'd like to lose uh, eight pounds right now. I'm uh, 192, 193. I'd like to be 185 again. You're about, I don't know where you are in your weight journey, but you seem fine. But let's say you want to lose five or 10 pounds. Can you go to your doctor and get this? Or is it just for someone like Dave who was in a serious health situation? That's a great question. I think so. Um, Because I think a responsible doctor, if I went and I needed to lose 10, 15 pounds, a responsible doctor would say, well, look at the Canada Food Guide or, you know, watch what you eat. Seriously. Yes. Shed 15, 20 pounds and then give you a prescription if that's what it takes for Ozempic, I don't think is very, you know, it's, you know, it's just, it wouldn't be the thing to do. Now, a story like you just read, that's a whole different, that's a whole different ball game if it can be life-threatening and, you know, puts all sorts of pressure on other organs and whatever, I, I you know, I get it. Yeah, but um, I, I, I get again. I don't want to use the word abuse, but it sounds more and more that this drug is is being abused on some level. Well, not in Dave's case, but I wonder. No, I, no, I, no, I, no, and I was no. gonna, that's what I wanted to bring up. Like, mm-hmm. are there so okay? Someone who's three hundred plus pounds, this would be great. Mm-hmm. I'll give you. I'll give you these side effects in a second. Someone that wants to lose thirty pounds, twenty pounds, ten pounds, is it then going to start being? abuse in terms of a prescriptive nature well i i i would say yes Um, look at all the people you know that have eating disorders right because they're obsessed with their body image well this is a this this is a whole new gateway (laughs) to losing weight without 
literally starving yourself. Do you know how it works? Because I, I, what I, here's the thing. I've got up the side effects, but I don't is it really. Does it just curb your appetite? Uh, something like that. You know what? I, I that detail I don't know. I've heard that. <laughs> okay, yes, an appetite suppressant. And I don't think that's the first time I've asked you. I apologize. Mm-hmm. The most common side effects of of Ozempic may include nausea, diarrhea. Diarrhea isn't every. You know what? By the way, let me just put a pin in that for a second. Tell me how diarrhea is literally the side effect for everything. It's almost like you take a drug and your body's like, nope. Uh, nausea, diarrhea, stomach, abdominal pain, vomiting, and then back to the poop, constipation. And I heard you you overcome those. Um, okay. The, the things you just mentioned. After a week or two weeks, that goes away. Uh, again, I don't know exactly, but I wonder if you can actually like pinpoint treatment to like areas that you want to lose weight. Like I, my head, maybe I could use. I would, no, they they would just no. Ozempic, huh? with that with your head size, they would just have to suck the fat out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, much like your titties. Uh, Ozempic works. <laughs> I was there. Saw the whole thing. Ozempic mm-hmm. works by mimicking a naturally occurring hormone. As those, as those hormone levels rise, the molecules go to your brain, telling it you're full. It also slows digestion by increasing the time it takes for food to leave the body. Interesting. Hold on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, a thing for obesity, like, again, why not? Because, like, you know what, six of one half does it or the other. You think, okay, I'm going to take this Ozempic. Long term, do we know what the side effects are? No, but long term, we know what the side effects are of obesity. It's death and failed organs and, you know. Hips and knees mo- and all broken bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on and on and on and on. And, you know. One day you're having a couple extra pieces of pizza. The next day you're the whale. How much yeah. uh, weight can you lose in a month, you ask? On an average, a user can lose about 3 to 5% of their body weight after mm-hmm. using Ozempic for a month. This would equate to about 4 to 6 pounds on average. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, it would seem like if you weighed 300 pounds. You know, one percent of your body weight is three pounds, so you'd lose fifteen pounds in a month. If you're, if you're, let's say I'm one ninety, I want to lose. So, one percent is one point nine. Yeah, math on the humble and Fred show. No, but I've got this math. It's because because it's only because so that would be six pounds a month. Well, you can lose six pounds. I could lose six pounds a month if I just stop having freezies all you know after dinner. Yes, same here. I could lose five pounds in a month. Just so this has got to be for discipline. people like Dave who are in a situation that yeah. it's gotten out of hand. You know, when mm-hmm. you're thi- when you know that's th- this thyroid man, you know, and he had a thyroid problem. You know, so sometimes people mock that, but when it goes, it really does mm-hmm. regulate your mm-hmm. body's ability to uh, shed pounds. Anyway, yes. uh, I just thought I'd bring it up because uh, it comes up in the news that an AI. It's always in the news. Uh, but, let me see. Uh, oh, I know. It was like, that's what I was going to, we were talking about this earlier in the show. It's like, Ozempic is one of those things. It's like watching the Jetsons years ago and the guy was talking to his phone with, and, you know, his phone was a little TV right. screen, right? Remember that the jet yes. back in the 60s or what? And you thought, oh, will that ever be a thing? Come right. on. 
you'd have a phone where you can see the person. Well, look at a short time ago, really. Could there ever be like a wonder drug that could make you lose weight fast? And I mean, really, here we are. You know, I told, I heard, uh, you know, Sharon Osbourne was on Bill Maher's um, Club Random. And that's the only reason she takes Ozempic. She doesn't have diabetes or anything. She wanted to lose weight and got tired of all these diets and programs and stuff that she had traditionally been on. She took this stuff and she lost the weight. This isn't the like, first wow. one, by the way. You know, there's another one that I can't remember the name of that was touted as a, you yeah. know, a wonder drug. And um, no, it was a wonder ingredient that they were, they were going to try and put in food that would mm. make it not as fatty. But it, its side effect was anal leakage. <laughs> right. No, there's a name for it. I can't remember. But it was, we used to make fun of it all the time because, of course, it had to do with poopy. <laughs> what was it called? But yes, here we are, you know, where you can generate images uh, like our friend Rich, what did I call him? Chris Lewis, Chris uh, Murray, where he went from 120 hours to create something for us to three. I wonder if Dan Duran, Dan Duran, Dan Duran's connecting. Yeah, he... uh if he gets embarrassed by all the references we make to his hammer, then maybe Ozempic is the is the solution for him. You know, he could do he could do uh, like one of those things where you uh, you know donate to people who are less fortunate. Maybe Dan could donate some of his. Dan, in your lifetime, in your eighty five years on this planet, um, <laughs> yeah. what would you say? And this is a not listen. This isn't. If you don't have an answer, it's a very difficult question because I don't know what I would answer. What do you think, if you thought off the top of your head, you know, weight loss drugs and AI and computers and uh, civilian flights to space? Like, what do you think of all this? You know, when you get like when, when you're when you're alone at night and you're all high and you're, you know, staring at the walls like what 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 are you what are you thinking about these days? Oh, my God. Uh Usually, I, I just you know think about whatever project I'm working on. That puts me to sleep. But what would you say in your lifetime? What, what, what are you most amazed by? Because I, I think we're living in uh, this time where there's so much of that going on, whether it's these new UFOs or it's you know drugs that can help people lose weight or AI-generated everything. I, you know, I think probably it goes back. My, the most thing, the most amazing thing, I think to me technology wise was the, the fact that you could get computers in your house yeah so you could you know, remember the first computer i don't know mm-hmm. you had a nerd friend somewhere that built a computer from scratch out of hewlett packard parts or something i you know that I, I had a guy like that i knew and then that and then and then the whole apple thing and the then you know now it's on your phone those computers are you know it's amazing so that part of it is that's really what amazes me and how our our uh, our society keeps using that technology to generate the next level and the next level and the next I level. I would agree for me. Do you, do you guys remember, like, Dan and I used a computer at our work 
in the na- in the late 1970s. It was just basically a little screen, and that's how we played songs. Uh, there was a carousel in the back of the radio station with carts on it, but our, we had a screen that we would fire the music from. But my first home computer, the first time I had a laptop, is when I moved to Montreal, and they gave me one to take home. I remember exactly where we had it in the house. It was like a big deal. Do you remember the first time you guys had a home computer? What years it would have been? Me, I think it was 94 or 95. And it was like a big, like a, what do they, they call those, Dan? Um, desktop. Desktop, thank you. Yeah. And um, and I remember early infancy of the internet. Remember the dial-up? The noise it made as it was dialing up and connecting. And I remember thinking how cool that was. And then when the first images started becoming available through the internet yeah we had a, a desktop in my office uh in the matrimonial home and i remember the kids got old enough but they were allowed to use it but not allowed to use it with the door shut like you could go into the office and use daddy's computer or use the computer the family computer but i remember uh that it was like you can can't use it all the time and you can't go in there on your own you have to sort of be there was some supervision required anyway <laughs> Um, I was listening to Mark Cuban, that uh, episode on Smartless. Cuban was in Chicago. He was one of the yep. Smartless on the road. I didn't know. Him and a buddy, they were the first one. He, they created audio streaming on mm-hmm. the Internet. I yeah. didn't know that. That's where the billions came from. story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and man. Part of that, him sitting in front of a computer one morning in his underwear, he kept hitting the stock market to see if he was going to become a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. I love that story. Finally, he did. Imagine being in this position, Howard, too. I mean, I'm off track a bit here. Mark Cuban, while I think about it, he loved the Dallas Mavericks. He's at a, he's at a game. They had several shitty seasons. He had become a billionaire. He was upset with the way they were being run. And his girlfriend said, well, you should buy the team. Mm -hmm. And he thought, wow, there's a thought. (laughs) And within three weeks, he owned the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now you say. Yeah, money's money's pretty good. Uh, All right, Candy. Yeah, money's good. (laughs) Money's good. Money's good. Money's good. Hey, hey, speaking of money, I just finished reading a book, the unauthorized biography of uh, Phil Mickelson fascinating by a guy named alan shipnick who's a long time uh sports illustrated golf writer really good writer but then at the same time i finished this book and there's only a small chapter on this issue a guy named billy waters who was a big gambler uh financier speaking of money this is where i'm going his book came out and he spent some years in jail for some insider training stuff but he was a good friend of Phil Mickelson's, Fred and Dan, mm-hmm. and claims, because he took a lot of bets and did a lot of uh, co-bets with Phil, that Phil's lost over $100 million and has bet a billion dollars, has placed a billion dollars in bets, including, and if this comes out, he's going to become the Pete Rose of golf, including there's some rumors mm-hmm. that he may have bet on golf. And if that happens... 
he'll be done. But anyway, it's a fascinating story. Well, did he bet against himself? That would be the No, problem. he didn't. He says he's never bet on golf. But this guy oh. that was friends with Phil, who kept mm. very meticulous records, said at one time, mm. Phil was exploring the options of betting on a Ryder Cup. And the guy said to him, Phil, you can't do that. Now, what he says right. is, I don't know if Phil took his money somewhere else. But it's pretty fascinating, this book about Phil. That's an interesting disease. Interesting is there um, it, it really is, because all the money Phil Mickelson, the, the, the charge or, or the high that he gets from placing a bet, to what end? You've already got all this money. It's just what you said. It, it's just the yeah. juice of it. On mm. Like, he bets everything, baseball, football, all of it, and um, basketball. On one day in the NFL... I don't get this number right, but he had like $150,000 just in some, a couple of NFL games. Like, well, and again, if you're, he's worth a hundred million dollars. So what does it matter? But mm -hmm. it just sort of goes to the degenerate, the degenerate nature of his gambling addiction. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dan Durant, are you ready for the news? Yeah, I was going to ask you a question about that. Yeah, like yeah. When, when, when you're when you're an addict like that, uh, so is it the adrenaline of of placing the bet and the anticipation of uh, that time between that and the actual outcome? Yes. Or is it the hit you get if you win during the outcome? I think well, what is, what I think it's both, back? Dan. I think there's a dopamine. Like it's a it's that pleasure center where you feel there's a heightened sense of making life more vivid by knowing you've thrown down a hundred grand on the Mavericks versus the uh, Lakers, and then win or lose you. So you first get the the juice of like wow I've done this, and then you get to have the 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 ride while the you know while the game is going on and wondering if you're gonna if you're gonna hit it or not. He also gambled a lot in golf games like he played a lot of which is fine there's like a tuesday game they have on the pga tour where all the players will play each other for money but you know he, he but the book i read about him it's funny because i've never really been a big phil fan but it's a fascinating read you know you want to you know like athletes it's pretty interesting the okay it's just interesting that uh in the life he's led and uh how like i've always said this i use the gretzky analogy before i'm sure i've told you that I've always felt a little bit bad for him because if he had been born in any other era, he'd been the greatest. He would have been the, one of the greatest golfers of his generation. It's like the guy that finished second to Gretzky all those years when Gretzky was winning the money list or the um, points list mm -hmm. in the in NHL. Mm -hmm. Like the year that Gretzky got 212 points, there were several players that got over 130, 140, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which in any other era would be mind-blowing. Yes. Yes. Mike Bossy, I think I'm getting that right, was it Bossy or Trache? One of them scored 60 goals in a season. And they were like, it's like an after. It was like a who gives a shit. Oh, yeah, but, you know, there was guys that scored 70 in the se in seasons. Yeah, back in the uh, early 80s mm -hmm. when people were scoring. Like, I think Brett Hull had a 70-goal season, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Or Yarga. Yeager. But you know the analogy I'm making. Yeah. is like, there weren't, that, that's an mm -hmm. amazing feat in hockey and golf. All of them win. Mm -hmm. Phil Mickelson won six majors, five majors, five or six majors, and 44 tournaments. It's, it's incredible. Except he happened to be, he's never been number one in the world mm -hmm. because he was around with, never, never, never won the money list. Was never player of the year. You fucking imagine how that plays on you? Yeah, I guess. 
It's yeah, like, I understand from an individual <laughs> standpoint, but still very privileged man. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like you and I never being nominated for a podcast award. <clears throat> it's injustice. <laughs> it stings. It stings. It does sting, Dan. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dandoran, the anchorman comes As has for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dandoran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Dockside On a beautiful day Here's movie anchor Dan Duran now you can take a taxi in San Francisco with no driver in it. Yes. On Thursday, California state regulators voted in favor of allowing robo-taxi services to begin paid public 24-7 operations in San Francisco effective immediately. Wow. Now, there's been uh, a lot of pushback. Uh, the Muni, the... Uh, Municipal Transportation Agency in San Francisco, uh, they've logged nearly 600 incidents involving autonomous vehicles, you know, blocking the way and bumping into their vehicles and their, their uh, you know, their buses and things. Uh, and they've uh, logged about 600 in- incidents involving autonomous vehicles since 2022, the spring of 2022, only a fraction of the potential total issues. So some people think they're really getting ahead of themselves. Um, but the CEO of Waymo, one of the companies that, that uh, runs these vehicles, says that they're incredibly grateful for this vote of confidence and look forward to their uh, their ongoing support uh, from the, the public. So there was an accident. Know, we, we, what, was there? Is that I, I saw that story there. Wasn't there like a I'm sorry, you, you, you may have said this. Was there a traffic jam or an accident or something happened? They just stopped in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's what they've done. They, there's been all kinds of of. Uh, you know, like incidents of some sort. Yes. And you, I think even on YouTube, there's a bunch where uh, just a, a car like this gets confused. Right. So instead of doing anything, it just stops and right. then backs up traffic and they, you know, for, for long periods of time, like 10 minutes or something like that. So, so like it just jams up the roads. You were going to ask me what I get into a driverless vehicle. Well, listen, you've known me since I was 18. I don't even like other people driving when I, you know, fucking, <laughs> I don't like other people in the car driving. <laughs> well, I definitely wouldn't get in it if it was going on a highway. No way. In city, congested city traffic, maybe. But, like, no. And how many? It must be hard to get one because there can't be that many of them, you know? It's got to be a pretty exclusive well, it's, thing. It's a, well, it's a growth industry. Yeah. I don't know. They, say. they have about, in California, I think they have about 1,300 autonomous vehicles on the road right now. But that's a pretty big state, pretty big area. Well, so. But all this technology, and, and, and again, you know, I was going to say this earlier when we were talking to Rich Tunes. I, I, again, I fear more for my grandchildren now. And again, all these fears may be unfounded because things have a way of working out. But all this technology, it just seems to, the point is to eliminate bodies and people and jobs and where does it all go from that i guess obviously other industries sprout up but yeah what the world is going to look like in a few short years yeah and i i know what you're saying i don't complete I, and I, i'm on board with it to a point but i could say you you know if we if i was you know smarter and we had better grasp of history um 
you could say that in in any era at any time. And yes, this seems like things have are happening very quickly. But you you just pointed out part of it. I don't know what the point of a driverless vehicle is, other than to eliminate drivers, and some other thing will will. Yeah, what what happens to that driver's jobs? Like, what is the point of having a driverless vehicle other than for, say, eventually people driving trucks across uh, the country? You won't have to have drivers. Well, it's, you know, employees can be a pain in the ass. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Well, that's really that's what it comes down to. It's just the way things are snowballing now. You know, technology may be what took 10 years before is now two years and blah, 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 right. blah, blah. And uh, what other excuse, what other explanation is there, Howard? I, like, I, I don't, it's one less person to worry about if you run a business, I guess. There was that story, Dan, about the plane that they were in the northern Canada or somewhere in the yeah. Yukon. A pilotless plane. Somebody was still flying it from the ground. Mm. But I, I'm with you, Freddie. I don't think I would get in a vehicle yet that was speeding down the highway. You know, the other day, I was coming home Saturday from golf, and the the Tesla that I'm driving has a, um, like a lot of cars, has a proximity warning. Mm. Mm-hmm. But this one's really, really good. And and I better than, better than the one I used to have. But I... I, I got this warning seconds before because it was all of a sudden the traffic just stopped and I was on the 401 coming onto the 427. And it, it warned me and gave me enough time to react because if I hadn't had that warning, I would go barreling into this car. Well, what is... Like, I don't want to be sitting there in the back if that warning, say, malfunctioned and you've got no recourse. You know what I mean? Like, at least oh, I, I could totally take action. Can. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, even as a person driving a car, I don't want them on the road. I don't want to be sharing the road with a driverless vehicle for what you just described there. You know, if human error, listen, we live with human error. I mean, we do. I mean, lots of accidents will happen today because of human error. But I like, you know, you got these things whipping around with nobody in them. I, right. I don't know. Maybe they're safer. I don't know. But. That can be affected well, let's say by they were statistically. Let's say they were statistically, and I think there is some some stats out there that say, or at least proponents of the technology say it does. Uh, it is a safer system in general. Sure, but but you know, like if you have to put your trust in the technology, and if the technology screws up, and it will, then there's you know, then then you go to where you're feeling about it, Fred. Right. No, I know. And again, you look at jobs. Look at like a, a public transit system like the TTC. You know, every so often, every couple of years, they have, you know, threatened to go on strike, and they want more money, and we're all sitting there going, wow, you're a bus driver. You really think you're worth that? And then you think, well, I guess you are, because look at the cost of living. It gets to the point, when you have tra- transit system, just sort of straightforward, move, stop, move, stop. That is ripe for this technology. Absolutely. But look, look at the jobs. So, yeah, if somebody driving a, a streetcar yeah. that's going in basically one, you know, going on a track, that could be yeah. driverless. That will yeah. be driverless in our lifetime. Uh, Dan, yeah. uh, we're going to uh, thank you very much for your service. Fred, okay. is there, do you have anybody left? Don't go away, Dan. Yes, uh, a couple here, Dan. Uh, Howie. Dan or Howie? Uh, Howie. Dan Howie. 
Um, yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group's benefit plan for small business. In fact, uh, we are golfing with Brett Tanner today. We'll get an update on the uh, the latest things that the Chamber Plan is offering. And I'll tell you, it's so many things. Dental, prescriptions, therapies, HR component, now mental health um, options. And I'll spend some time tomorrow talking about that. If you're part of the Chamber's planning, you've struggled through COVID or, you know, you're just struggling with things generally. There is help for you. Very progressive. They're on top of it. They're ahead of the curve at the Chamber's plan. The Chambers of Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. And uh, that's very good. It's funny. You're, we're golfing with Brett today and our mm-hmm. good friend Bill Hertz, who uh, once was the uh, man in charge of sales here on this uh, program. In fact, uh, yes. introduced us to Brett. Mm-hmm. I got to golf. Have you, are you, have you talked about the Sherpa? That's just the way no, I'm going I got to, to golf with the Sherpa on Saturday. Spent a lovely day with that sweet, sweet man, Tim Niblett. And uh, I hadn't played with him this year, played golf with him. And uh, he's very much improved. Very much improved. And it's nice to see. Well, you know, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Mm, Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. Tim will be by on Wednesday uh, to enlighten us with more thought-provoking points about what you should be doing with your investments. And uh, if you, hey, if you have uh, a portfolio and uh, you want a second opinion, he's the guy to talk to. He's the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, uh, retirementsherpa.ca. Dan Duran, is there anything you need to plug? Uh, I see you've got a jacket on. Is it cool there this morning? A little bit cool, yeah. It started out about 15 degrees when I started wow. warming up. That sun is supposed to feel like 27 by now. By the afternoon, so I've got to admit, you know, after the summer we've had in terms of the amount of days that were super hot, the odd morning you go outside now and it's it's kind of clear and refreshing. It's not bad. I don't want it all winter, but I don't mind it now for a couple months. Yeah. Well, Lisa and I were uh, down on the dock last night watching the Perseid meteor shower. How was that? You know what? For us, not 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 so big of a deal. Because mm. it was just sort of clouds covering a lot of the sky where we thought we, we oh. should be seeing. But we saw like two or three of them. So that was fun. Okay. Nice. Well, um, very nice, Dan. Thank you for your help the, today, as always. And uh, will you have your microphone uh, set yeah, up tomorrow? Yeah, my system will be back, back tomorrow, yeah. Well, sure. that's great. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow, Jeff Lumby joins us. Hopefully, you will as well. Uh, Freddie, I think we're all up. And, and, and now, Fred, well, when's the last time you golfed? That's a good question. Hmm. In the winter? No, 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 no. I've 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 been out three or four, uh, four or five times, maybe this summer. But the last time, oh, I think I was with. Um, you know what? I, several weeks ago, unfortunately. Uh, I know the last time you and I played was in Mexico. Yes, we had a very nice time. Was that uh, you and I? And uh, who was that? You and I, Bill, and um, was Darren there? Or? Yeah. No. Did Darren join us? No, it was just the three of us. Because Darren was Remember sick. Remember, we thought it was going to be four, and then... Right, 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 Darren right. was ailing. Um, all right, well, we'll have a full report on the uh, the game of golf uh, today, for, on tomorrow's program. Uh, and now here's the uh, dulcet tones of announcer man Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, 
evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show with the Palma Pasta Prize, Humble and Fred, at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. Mm. Liking and subscribing, that helps us out. So does writing a review say something nice about it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, the side effect to almost anything is anal leakage and diarrhea. <laughs> so clean up, don't worry about it, and enjoy every goddamn day. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?